Welcome to Prone to Wonder, a podcast where no questions are off limits. Join us, Amber Humphreys and Becca Robinson, best friends, women, and ex-ministry junkies, as we navigate conversations around deconstruction, reconstruction, growth, and wondering aloud about all the things we weren't supposed to wonder about. These conversations aren't about having all the right answers, but about giving yourself permission to ask questions and forge your own path. We're so glad you've joined us. I don't think I've done any impulse shopping. I mean, partially because I've been depressed yeah. for three days, but mm-hmm. <laughs> that helps. But that could be a prime soothe shopping time. So yeah, good job. It, it I could. also appreciate that we keep somehow unplanningly coordinating our colors. Mm-hmm. We have not worn black yet to record, which is shocking. And here we that go. is shocking because that's ninety percent <laughs> of our wardrobe. <laughs> It, well, I'm ready. Well, I'm going it's to. It's been a black week. <laughs> it's, right. For sure. Is, we, uh, if anybody watches the video, you can tell our moods from the week by our outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I, today's the first day I've been feeling better. So I actually thought this okay. is kind of what we talk about because I want to talk about sort of, I think what triggered mine. Okay. Um, because I feel like it's so easy to think that once you've decided or you no longer believe this or you've moved from a space or whatever, that it's just like freedom and skipping and like, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's been a very back and forth journey for me. Um, Mm where I've really had to lean into what I know to be true and in alignment for myself. Um, so uh, for those of you who don't know if this is your first episode, (laughs) which would be weird, but you know, way to jump in the middle. Um, I, uh, Sunday, Easter Sunday was my last Sunday leading worship. I've been professionally, getting paid to lead worship at a really high level for about 12 years. Um, and Sunday was my last day. So we book out really far in advance and I had decided in January to step down and to finish out the bookings that I had, but not be there for the next cycle. Um, and we've discussed before that I, I really like, what I do. I love the people that I work with. I play with incredible top-notch touring professional Grammy winning musicians every week. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, and there's like so many like good hangs and laughs and playing music with those people on an amazing sound system with the top-notch production, like is fun as a singer. Um, but I felt like it was no longer an alignment for me. Um, particularly I didn't want to feel like a fake, you know, um, it's always been really important to me to be authentic and to show up authentically. Um, and I couldn't really do that anymore with the songs I was having to sing. And so I was like, I can't, I can't do this. It's not fair to me. It's not fair to other people who are, you know, 
who are into it or, you know, like who want these, who believe these things. I was like, I just, I can't stand on the X and say, so I decided to step down. Um, and Sunday was my last day and it was weirdly unceremonious, you know, just cause it's your today you're doing your job and, and, um, something about that kind of, I felt a lot of anxiety in the days leading up to it. And a lot of kind of back and forth, like I'm making the right decision. Right. <laughs> um, and I knew I was kind of deep down, but it's, it's hard to let go of that. Um, and so at rehearsal on Wednesday, I was sad. And then I felt it just kind of in my body, you know, throughout the week, like I just started kind of shutting down and dissociating and, um, just feeling kind of that grief and back and forth. And then Sunday, my body just shut down, um, afterwards and it was really sad. And I went to go see, um, my family, uh, later that night. And that made me sad. And it wasn't because they don't know or don't accept me or, or whatever it is, but you know, just the, the language you've built with people based on certain things, I realized that there was more of a, a chasm there in just relatability. And that made me sad. Um, and so I ate my feelings for a few days and I realized what it was is that I was reeling, um, because that was the last tether to this old version of myself. Um, it was kind of the last thing that was tying me to who I've always been and who I've always known myself to be. And it felt very final, um, like closing a book. And then you panic. Should I have closed the book? <laughs> mm -hmm. Did I say too much? Did I go too far? Did I, you know, um, should I have not done that? And I just had to keep kind of coming back to no, I, I know. And I don't know what's next or what's going to replace it or where I'm, where I'm going or even like who I am now, but I know that that's not me and that the life I want to lead is not an, an authentic one. Um, and my husband was super supportive and he was just like, cause I came out Monday morning after trying to meditate, just like crying and my neck had locked up. I think my, my body was really feeling that kind of grief and tension. Um, and I was like, you know, what if I messed everything up? What if I've just like, I'm going to cry. <laughs> what if I've just gone too far, said too much, messed everything up, you know, um, because I was being emotional, you know, I just, you know, all those kind of fears came up and he just sat there asking me, he's like, well, what did you mess up? He's like, is it your relationships or are they better than ever? And I was like, they're better than ever. And he was like, is your, is it your anxiety or is that better than ever? And I was like, it's better than ever. He's like, are you able to bounce back from depressive spirals better now or back then? And he just kind of walked me through all these things and ways that I'm living a more full, healthy, balanced life. And he said, it's okay to, to grieve that you're not who you were. And he was like, but he's like, babe, that, that system never worked for you. You were always anxious. You always felt like you weren't enough. You were always in fear. You were always striving. He was like, it, it's not like that system left you peaceful and hopeful, like, or in free, like all those things that, that you want to be. And he was like, so 
don't mourn the loss of that Mourn, you know, you can, but you can mourn the loss of who you were. That was okay. And I realized that I had some fear around what's next because I don't know this new version of myself. And so I don't feel safe with her yet. And so it feels, I'm an Enneagram seven and with a strong six wing. (laughs) And so, um, safety is an important feeling for me and I don't quite feel safe right now. So what I've done with that is, uh, really leaned into kind of the practices that I've learned with, you know, journaling and, and meditating and breath work. And I've been doing yoga to kind of come into my body and to try to release that and reached out to my close friends who know and love me, uh, you and Vanessa and just said, Hey, this is, this is how I'm feeling, you know, um, because you guys are always really good about pointing me back and, uh, holding space for that. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at. And I thought, I thought it'd be worth sharing because I feel like particularly on social media, um, when we're posting things, when people see things and I talk, I've been talking a lot about authenticity and freedom and, and that's all, that's all great because I have experienced all of that. And mm-hmm. sometimes you long for safety and just, it's funny, even like the biblical story of, you know, the Israelites in the desert and they were like, can we just go back to Egypt or cucumbers, you know? And I think that's yeah. a very human response is like, yeah, that was uncomfortable. I mean, you see it a lot in like violent situations or, you know, um, it's just easier to be safe sometimes, at least it feels that way. Not that it's worth living that way or that you're better that way. It's just, you know it, and it's easy to go and stay with what's safe. It's funny because I, when I was sitting there crying and I was thinking about, you know, what people say about deconstruction or like that change, you know, you hear a lot of the arguments, like you're just wanting to sin or wanting, you know, like you hear stuff like that. And I'm like, nobody in their right mind would choose this. (laughs) Like, I didn't choose this. It just started unfolding. And when I kind of started picking at those threads, it all just sort of unraveled. And so now I'm sitting here like with all this like fabric, like, all right, what are we doing with this? You know? Mm-hmm. And I didn't really, I, I can honestly say, I mean, I guess I chose it in a way that I chose to take the steps that felt in alignment and felt like freedom and hope and peace. And they led me here. So in that way, yes, because I could have just stood still and just dealt with it and squashed it down. But it's not like I knew this was the end game, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I just am certain that there are other people that are either afraid um, to make the moves that they feel led to make or that feel true for them. Um, or they've made those moves and are panicking or grieving or looking back to like, well, I knew that that was safe. You know, that was, at least I, I knew the score um, because that is a more comfortable place to be. And so I, I wanted to, to talk about it. So people would know that it's normal you know, I was, um, having dinner with some friends and 
they listened to the podcast, which was like, <gasps> it was our first dinner that we've ever had with them. And, uh, because I was like, which episodes, <laughs> how weird do you think I am? I guess you wouldn't have agreed to dinner if you didn't think I was weird. Um, but the husband said, um, what I like about your podcast is that you're not claiming to have any answers. It's just very like you're giving people permission to think for themselves. And I, that like made my, I wanted to like run around the restaurant with bells. Cause I was like, we did it, Joe. <laughs> like that was, that was, the goal. that was the goal. <laughs> and so I thought that this was a very real place that other people might be in, whether they're kind of just starting their journey and scared to take a step, or if they're coming to a whole new chapter like me and going, um, what did I do? (laughs) Did you ever experience, um, any of that? Or do you even, cause you're a couple years out. Do you ever even look back and say like, it was easy and there was certainty in that moment. Like it's, I saw a TikTok about like, it was a joke, but at the end it was like the intrusive religious voice. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, you know, it was like, remember when you did this or remember this song. And then the thing of the, the voice, the end whispers, do you ever miss the certainty? <laughs> and, and so I think it's what a lot of people experience. Is that something that at this point you ever experience or that you remember experiencing? Yeah. So it's funny because after our episode aired, our last episode uh, aired in it, I had actually, it was episode two. I had jokingly said, like, nobody tells me that they listen to the podcast. They tell my co-hosts, they tell my spouse. And and then like all the, I think I made people feel bad (laughs) because I got all these really beautiful messages. Like I listened to it, um, which was so nice. Please. I'm kind of glad I did make you feel bad because I loved like actually getting to hear from people this last week, uh, mostly in my Instagram DMs. But one of the people who had sent me a message was his name's Rob and hi Rob. He was the one that actually asked the question that inspired that second episode about our denominational backstory. And he asked me a question, like a follow-up question about certainty. Like if, um, something has taken that place for me in my life now, or like how I deal with that. So I, I do think that's a really big aspect of this. My experience is a little different because I was basically excommunicated. (laughs) Um, so, and I don't want to sound so dramatic because I, I know that people that were involved in my old ministry follow me on social media and listen to this, which is always unsettling for me to see, but I don't want to sound too dramatic because like nobody was, nobody flat out told, let me, I guess, let me clarify. Nobody flat out told me you are never allowed to return here. That was not it. It felt as if I was excommunicated because the message was, we will not accept you. We cannot support you. We cannot align with you unless you change your behavior from what you're doing to what we think is the right thing for you to do. And so because of that, because I was unwilling to change my choice to end my marriage 
I felt as if that was kind of like the nail in the coffin that sealed it. So it wasn't that anybody flat out was like, you can never return, but it was almost like this unspoken wall of like, unless you do this, we can't support you. We can't be friends with you. We can't align with you. I mean, they quoted Bible verses to me about like how, if, if you know, you have a brother in Christ who's doing these bad things and you, you like go to them and then you bring the pastor, if they're still doing it, then you kick them out. Like basically like absolving themselves from the guilt of ending a friendship and relationship with me so abruptly by saying that God basically told them to do it. Um, so it was a little different because I didn't just stop going to church because of like an unraveling of my own infrastructure of belief system that didn't happen till after for me, um, till a long time after. So in that time in between, I did actually go back a few times. I kind of tried because I really missed the familiarity and the rhythm of it in my life. I had, I had been raised from the age of toddlerhood going to churches on Sundays and on Wednesdays and participating in ministry in music ministry in youth ministry and children's ministry, like volunteering. I mean, for, from when I was a toddler until I was in my early twenties. And so that was the rhythm of, of my life. That was the cadence of it. And just to all of a sudden abruptly not have any of that was really unsettling and felt very, um, felt very much like new territory that I didn't know how to navigate. And I think I felt so uncomfortable when I went back because people treated me weirdly because I went back having brazenly committed to the decision to not stay married to my ex-husband. And I felt as if I wasn't really welcome because of that decision. Again, nobody flat out told me that. And I'm sure some of it is just partially my own self-consciousness or, you know, scars from those relationships all kind of ending and having to navigate that stuff. Um, but I just, I felt very much like it was kind of like, you shouldn't be here. <laughs> like we, we like, we'll be nice to you because technically we don't have a reason not to, but like, you're not really welcome here was how I felt. And, um, so I kind of just, that was kind of the point where I was at where you're at, where I was kind of like, okay, well, that doesn't feel like home anymore. Like I, I, I wasn't able to go. And then I, I felt those things that you're talking about, like this, I don't know this. I don't know how to do this. I don't know this life. And so I went back and then I went back and it wasn't the same as how I remembered it. And it felt almost worse because it was almost like this looks like the familiar, comfortable place, but it's not. It was like this like alternate reality version of it that was almost even more unsettling to me. It's almost like, you know, you can never go back. They always say those things like people try to like relive their glory days or their favorite things. Like they try to go back to the relationships or to, you know, they try and play sports again, like as an adult, when they like had it in high school, it's never the same. It was kind of that same trope of like, it just never felt the same. So 
that was kind of when I realized like, oh, I can't just go back and feel the way that I felt before. And then I was like, okay, well now I guess we have to just deal with how I feel now. Um, And I think that does happen to people too. Sometimes like whether they choose to leave or whether they're rejected by the community of like, you take a step away and then, you know, fear or nostalgia pulls you back in and you realize it doesn't feel the same. And then like, now you have to deal with that information. It's like, Oh crap. Like this doesn't feel like how I remembered it feeling because I'm different. (laughs) And so I think that that can be really challenging and hard. Um, Vanessa sent me a picture on Instagram. I wanted to read it by um, Phil Drisdale. He posted it, which uh, he is an account that posts a lot of deconstruction uh, like scientific information and stats and stuff. So if you're like, yeah, he's great. You'll love his account, but he posted um, a thing and it said, I hate those days. And yet I miss them. I hate those people. And yet I love them. I hate that place. And yet I long for it. <laughs> Vanessa sent it to me and I was like, she yeah, sent me that me. too. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think that this is such a common tension that people can feel. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought it up. But the answer it's... is I don't, I didn't replace the certainty. Um, I just kind of learned how to be comfortable without it, which was the process, just like all the rest of this stuff. Yeah, it is. It is a process. I think for me, and part of it was, it's not like I had a bad experience. You know, Mm -hmm. we've talked about that before. It's not Mm -hmm. like I had some, you know, great, it's just, you know, the clothes got tighter and tighter and tighter. And eventually I was like, I can't fit this anymore. And I think that brings up a different kind of grief mm-hmm. because it's, I mean, it's only, like, it's your choice. It's not really because right. it's, you can't fit it. Like it doesn't fit yeah. anymore. And like, it's so undeniable, but like, you're still making the choice. Yeah. It wasn't made for you. So you feel more responsibility towards. Yeah, for sure. And you were talking about the process of being okay without the certainty or the feeling okay for, for me, I am not okay with uncertainty really across the board. I read the spoilers for everything. I listen to books. I do like literally everything even the books that I'm reading that I know are going to turn out fine. I will like listen to a TV show. I'll be like, do not look this up. Just I'm enjoy looking the it experience. Up. And she's like, because I already read, I already read what happened. I already did it. <laughs> it's because it makes me, it takes away the anxiety. So I actually can enjoy it because I'm not thinking about what's going to happen because mm-hmm. I already know. So I'm prepared for it emotionally. Um, <laughs> it's a problem. I hate that about myself. I really do. Um, but like, I listen to books at like two times the speed because a, I need to, because my brain and B, I want to get to the end. <laughs> Why am I like this? But so for someone who is that not okay with not being certain or, you know, tension, then mm-hmm. this is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. lot. So mm-hmm. learning, I think that was the first, that was kind of one of my first, I was going to say not tips, but like something that recognizing that you're not okay and that's okay. 
mm-hmm. which I know sounds like a movie camp, you know, like I'm not okay. And that's okay. Say mm-hmm. it with me, everyone, like a support group, mm-hmm. but I mean, truly, mm-hmm. you know, um, accepting and, and recognizing that you're not okay for now or that there's grief and having grace for yourself to feel that way. And knowing that there's nothing wrong with feeling that this way, that they are just feelings that you are just processing, that it's all just energy that's moving through your body and allowing it and just like supporting it, not trying to figure it out exactly or break it down or make it okay, but just kind of being with it. I mean, for the last, I feel like, you know, for me, how you are emotionally and physically, they always like tie together. Like if you're, you know, sad, you can feel it in your body. You really like there's a heaviness to your body. And so like being present about that, trying to like kind of move through it by like, you know, doing yoga or like whatever I felt like I needed to do to support myself going to the chiropractor. Like it was all physical slash the emotional support Mm -hmm. of just like helping these kind of move through and just journaling. Um, I journaled a lot over the last couple of days and just like, I would just write down like, this is how I feel. Mm -hmm. And you know, some minutes that would be better. And I would feel like I was turning around and then it would just like kind of crash back down. I think I even texted you. I was like doing a little better today. And then I was like, never mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just kind of being okay with that, I think is, is a really huge first step of, you know, quote unquote, the work, you know, like then the process is just like realizing that you're going to have some back and forths and that, doesn't mean that everything's wrong or everything's ruined. It just means that it's hard. And I think mm-hmm. knowing that it's going to be kind of this roller coaster is, is helpful. It's kind of like when you go on medication, you know, for like antidepressants or whatever. And like when I did, and I'm, I'm off of them now, but when I went on them, I had somebody warn me like, Hey, two weeks, your body's going to be in an adjustment period and it's going to be really hard. It's probably going to get worse before it gets better. And it did. And it was really hard. And I was like, am I making a huge mistake? Do I want to quit? Do I just want to give this up and like not do this? But knowing that like somebody gave me a heads up, just prepare for this feeling and know that it's going to happen and that it's okay. And it's part of the process helped me and kind of carried me through that. And I feel like this is kind of the same thing It's just telling people like, you're probably, you might go through this in some form or fashion, whether it's, you know, feeling grief or feeling panic or feeling that like pull towards certainty and safety, like it's going to happen and that's okay. And just kind of sit with it and process through it, I think could be helpful, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Having, having a heads up is always really helpful. And I think, this is true of any big life transitions. Like anytime you make a big decision, these waves of like panic of, did I just make a huge mistake? So this is not, you know, uncommon to the human experience, but I do think that if you grew up in church, there wasn't really a ton of space to not be okay. And even that certainty kind of leaks in like, 
if you are struggling with something, there's always like some guidance there that's trying to loop it back around to find meaning in it, which isn't necessarily a negative thing, but you might be used to that. Always like explaining it away. Like, Oh, this is the lesson. This is what you're trying to learn. This is what God says about this. This is why God's doing this. And there was always like an explanation to explain it away. And so when you move away from that and you have negative feelings that you can't explain away and you can't rationalize away instantly and you just kind of have to sit with them, it is a new experience that is really uncomfortable because even just hearing someone be like, oh, God's just doing this to test you or God's just, it like gives you a rationale, like a framework to be like, okay, that's why this is happening. And that can be helpful to push through it or even, even unhealthy toxic advice, like, oh, it's just spiritual warfare. It's demons attacking you. You've got to pray through it. Like it gives you something to focus on, like an actionable step to like, how do I get out of this bad feeling? But the truth is that that's not, always what needs to be done like it's not always like how do i just fix this bad feeling as quickly as possible i think that yoga is such a great thing to do i i liken it to if any of you guys have practiced yoga you know that there you're not supposed to feel pain in yoga but that discomfort or tension is okay and that your job in your practice is to get better and better at being able to go through movements that are straining or tense without holding a lot of tension in your face or your body and not holding your breath, like to be able to continue to breathe through the whole time. I think that yoga is such an, a yoga practice, like doing it consistently is such a great life skill to develop this capacity to breathe through tension, to be able to relax your face in the midst of your body straining. Um, and I think of it like that. It's, it reminds me of that. It's like when you're in a stretch and your muscle is feeling tight, you're not in pain, but you're uncomfortable and there's a tension and your choice is relax and breathe into this and let my body give my body the time to stretch. And then that tension will release and I'll be better for it or just pop out of it and end the feeling, but I'm not getting the, the result, you know, I'm not getting the benefit. And it, it feels a lot like that to me, those moments of personal growth and healing and reclaiming and deconstructing feels a lot like this is that moment where I'm at that point between tension and pain. And I have to figure out a way to breathe through it. I have to figure out a way to relax my face. I have to, you know, allow, 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 and know that, you know, it's okay. This is a normal feeling and a normal part of this process. And I don't have to just make it go away as quickly as possible. But yeah. that's such like a, that's such an adulting thing to realize I don't have to make discomfort go away as quickly as possible. Sure. <laughs> and if you're an Enneagram seven, like me, my condolences, because <laughs> I think that's literally like the number one motivator is you don't like feeling discomfort. It's I was in yoga and that's when I, I was moving my body. And that's when I got that poem that I posted on mm-hmm. Instagram the other day. It just came to me like so clearly. It was just as I cannot suddenly state I am flexible and bypass the work and pain that will unfurl the tension from my body. I also cannot say I am free or I am healed and expect it to be so. Mm-hmm. And it was because 
I was doing a stretch and my, my body is such a joke. Like it's like, so tight, like my, the tightest hamstrings and the tightest hips. And like, so I'll, I was trying to do something and it was just like, you know, I'm like putting my blocks on the highest setting, like (laughs) trying to just, I was like, this is the worst. I think it was a half split or something. (laughs) And, um, just, it was such a joke. And I was like, God, like, can I just like, how long is this going to take before I can like bend over and it not be so hard? Will it ever not be hard? Mm-hmm. And I just kind of got the thought that like, yeah. And as hard as this is how you can't just like, all right, I'm flexible now. Like it's the same thing. Like you can't just be like, all right, well I'm free now or I'm healed now. Like your body, you know, we talked about this with Vanessa too. And we talked about this with the book, the body keeps score. It's trauma and experiences are scientifically proven to be held in the body. Mm -hmm. And so it's a lot to work through. You've got years, possibly an entire lifetime of this tension and this, this pain and these things that you've gone through and these experiences that are going to take time to work out and to process. It's not like you can just turn it on and say like, all right, well, I'm free now. Like, no, there's going to be these things that emotionally pull you back or make you look backwards or be like, Oh, that was so easy though. Like when Mm. I could just like stand up and do that, like there's going to be all of that. Just like, you know, I can't just like stand up right now and do a split. (laughs) It's just, and especially if you've never been free, you know, it's not like, you know, you see people who, you know, used to cheer or used to dance and they could like do splits and were very flexible and you kind of lose it, but then they do a little bit of work and can come back to it. Um, that's one thing coming back to it. But if you've never been able to do that, if you've never been free, if you've never experienced that, if that is a completely new thing for your body, then it's going to take a lot more work Mm -hmm. to experience it for the first time, then to maintain it. Yeah. And it really, it will. And this is not just like emotional. This is, this is scientific. Like this is neurological because your brain is wired to keep you safe. Like that is its job. It is keep this, keep this situation going. (laughs) And it doesn't necessarily always choose the most holistic routes to do that. (laughs) And so familiarity is easier to your brain because even if it keeps you in a space that is not the healthiest for you, if it's not posing an immediate threat, such as change, such as something unknown, your brain is going to want to default to that. Your nervous system is going to want to default. And I'm not talking about like your higher consciousness. I'm talking about like your lizard brain, like your primal survival brain. And it's going to pull you subconsciously. Like it's going to pull you from such depths that you don't even know where those feelings are coming from. They're not up here, conscious thought at the top of your head. They're deep, like in your stomach, in your gut kind of feelings. And so it's, it's so normal to want to go back to the familiar, even if you know, that's not the best thing for you. Even if you know that that air is toxic because slowly being poisoned is less scary than stepping into a completely new environment where you don't even know what the air is like, because it's like, well, I knew I could survive. Even if it wasn't the best, I knew I was 
I knew what to expect. And our brains would rather know what to expect than risk something better, but not know what's there, you know? So anytime you make these big changes, your, your brain is doing it because it loves you. And I think that this conversation about a a really well-rounded approach to working through it of like, yeah, like journal, create space for yourself, but also take your body into account. Like don't bypass it because your body, all those negative feelings, stuffing them down or silencing them through, you know, medications or alcohol or (laughs) drugs or distractions or whatever. It, it, it's like, you're trying to punish your body when all it's trying to do is protect you. And if you can realize like, Oh, you're on my side, but I'm also on my side and like body, I need you to trust that I'm trying to move us into a better place, like kind of come together on it. Then you can work through the tension. Hey friends, we'd love to connect with you. If you're enjoying the podcast, we would so appreciate if you take a quick minute to leave us a review wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Those reviews let us know what episodes are resonating with you and also help our podcast get in front of others who might be interested in these same topics. You can also find us on Instagram at prone to wonder co. Let's jump back into the conversation. And I think there's so many ways to do that, but I think really the number one thing is recognizing that it's okay and totally normal to feel these feelings and recognizing that your body is a part of this and your neurological system is a part of this. Um, as far as from there, I think practically there are a million ways to deal with that, whether it's a trauma informed therapist, or there's a lot of like somatic work and like somatic therapists, which are body related. There is breath work, um, yoga. Sometimes it's a simple, like, even if you're not ready for like those kind of deeper unlocking steps, um, taking a bath and just, or, you know, if your body feels tired, not just barreling through, because a lot of times, like if you're feeling a lot of emotional weight or like even subconsciously, and you don't even know, but like your body feels tired, like rest, Mm -hmm. you know, take a nap, like it's just check out. Don't like push through for the day. Like, I feel like those are all very little ways. Um, sunshine is a great thing. Yeah. If you need to just like walk out go in the sunshine and just go for a walk. Um, but I think recognizing that your body is going to be a part of this, um, will be really helpful. And whether that be, <sighs> doing a few like simple things on your own, if that's all you're ready for, or moving into like professional help with stuff like that. Um, like for me right now, it's, um, yoga for sure. And just like learning to like be flexible with my body. Um, chiropractic care is really important for me right now. Um, resting, uh, is a big one for me. I was actually doing some breath work in yoga during, you know, the Savasana, the end kind of resting pose, because I could just like feel the tension in my body and breath work. There's a lot of, you know, stuff around it, but really it's just being intentional about your breath. And there are experts and like people who can really walk you through, but I was just kind of picturing, like I was trying to breathe as deeply as possible and just picturing filling up my entire body, you know, with this kind of fresh air and then 
releasing it all and kind of scooping in my abdomen to just like really push out all the old air. And I was kind of mentally connecting that to old self, you know, all the things that are in there that are no longer serving me that are, you know, painful and tense. I was picturing and visualizing kind of breathing those out and like scooping them all up with my breath and then breathing in new um, new air. And so it doesn't have to be kind of this like very fancy right. sort of thing, but realizing that a, you're okay. And what is the thing I can do right now to support how I'm feeling, to support my body and to incorporate that I think can all be really simple ways to kind of move through this, because I, I do want to reiterate kind of, as we close that, it's worth moving through. It's worth not just numbing out. Mm -hmm. Um, if you've ever done anything that was hard (laughs) and, you know, like God, like parenting, you know, like when something funny pays off, you know, that you've been working towards like getting your kid to like be potty trained or, you know, help birth itself, you know, just Mm -hmm. kind of these things that are, if we've ever done a race, um, these things that you had to sort of move through to accomplish something like in the end, you couldn't have imagined how relieving that would feel or how you would grow or what it would do for you or how good it would feel or the ease it would bring. It's all worth working through. And even if you end up, you know, in a church as a Christian, honestly, like it doesn't, we're not saying you have to like move out of it. What we're saying is like, you have to process whatever you're processing and be present with it and not focus on where it's going. Try to have an end game, try to fix the tension, um, and ignore that you're grieving or longing for safety and just kind of being present in the right now, I think is life changing. And I mean, I am better and more peaceful and happier and freer and more hopeful than I've ever been in my entire life. And that doesn't mean that I'm not sad or (laughs) that I'm not questioning things, or I'm still not sure what I'm doing next, or that I, you know, know what's coming or where I'm going with this, but I am really working hard to be present into what is true for me right now what do I value? What do I want for myself? Who do I want to be? You know, kind of these like very core things that are true right now, not how do I want to get there or how, you know, what job do I want to have? Or it's at the core of me, who do I want to be and what do I value and what am I hoping for out of life? And just, okay, in this moment, how do I support that? And whether that be I am feeling so overwhelmed with all this. And all I want to do is like numb out and dissociate like, okay, well, maybe I'll take a walk or maybe I'll journal about that, or maybe I'll cry or listen to music. Music is a huge thing for me, you know, to just like feel, I have literally a whole stage, uh, the whole playlist. That's just like, these songs make me cry (laughs) just so I can like move that kind of like energy that's sitting in me. I mean, I know it's, it's a very like 
personal thing in each person, you know? Um, so it's not like we can give you a roadmap to be like, here are the steps to not going crazy. You know, it's just like, but here are some tools that have worked for us or tools that have worked for friends. Um, and just the permission to not be okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's somber, but it's so necessary because just like anything, if you're on the outside looking, you know, people who've deconstructed or people who have had spiritual awakenings or healed religious trauma, you know, if you're just looking at their outside, it can look like, you know, beautiful, like rituals or candles or beautiful tarot card practices or, Oh, they're just so evolved and so whole and so heal. And they're like standing on mountaintops all the time. And, you know, you see just that part, but you don't see what they did to get there because that's just the nature of how our lives go. You know, we don't see into that part. So consider this, your, your friends telling you, Hey, there's going to be a transition time and it's going to be challenging and don't let it surprise you. Like, don't think that something's wrong. If you're feeling this, just like Amber, just like you said, with the medication symptoms, it's like, there's nothing wrong. If this comes up, this is, this is a thing that can happen sometimes. And so it's okay. Like, don't panic. (laughs) You're going to be okay. So, uh, have grace for yourself. We would love to hear, um, if you've experienced this or, um, if you've moved through this and, or if you're in it right now and you're like, Hey, these are the tools that are working for me, or this is something I tried. Um, let us know because we'd love to share that with the community because everybody's going to have a different experience and we want our community to reflect that. And we want to support everyone where they are because where you are is fine. Mm-hmm and it's good and you're good exactly where you are um and loved exactly where you are we hope that you feel supported and encouraged thanks for listening thanks so much for joining us as usual we hope you find these conversations helpful don't forget to leave us a review connect with us via instagram or send us your questions we love wandering with you until next time